What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons Final Whistle podcast presented by Zaxby's. As opposed to being audio only, we're here on video. I'm Scott Baer, Tori McElhaney, Taryn Walk. Omna Sapan is here and will join us later on in the podcast to talk about player reaction to news that everybody knows at this point. Just after the stroke of midnight on Monday, the Atlanta Falcons announced that they had parted ways with head coach Arthur Smith following a week 18 loss to the New Orleans Saints. I say that doesn't mean that just because of the loss means that he was let go. And we're going to get into the reasons why that happened, what got us to this point, and where the Atlanta Falcons go from here. That's the basic structure of everything that we're, that we're going to talk about, talk about, if I can say that. And we're going to build this around some quotes that team CEO Rich uh, McKay and owner and chairman Arthur Blank said at their Monday press conference and just kind of try to paint a full and three-dimensional picture of of what's happened, kind of where it went wrong and where to go from here. And I hate the were you surprised question. So let's start with this. This dismissal after a 7 and 7 and 10 season, what was the initial reaction to uh, news coming down Maybe, I don't know if you think that's a fair question or not, but just generally, like, what are your impressions of where the Falcons are right now? I think the fact of the matter is, is that for the fir- third consecutive year, the Falcons finished the season at 7-10. and 10, And that 7-10 and 10 record feels very different from the first two years of 7-10 and 10 to where the Falcons are in 2023 and going into 2024. The roster had been completely rebuilt. The Falcons were in a really good spot in terms of salary cap space for the first time in a very, very long time. This roster felt different. It felt more complete. It felt like there was a lot to play for. And you also got to think about in going into the 2023 season, this is a team that had the easiest strength of schedule in the league. So all of these things are actively happening. And then expectations aren't met. Mm-hmm. And that is fair to say. That's the same thing that Arthur Smith said. It's the same thing that Arthur Blank said. Rich McKay has said. We had lofty expectations for this organization in 2023, and those expectations were not met. And so when you don't meet those expectations and you're looking at for the third year in a row, you have a 7-10 and 10 record. For the second year in, or third year in a row, you are picking at number eight overall. You have a top 10 draft pick, which I think everybody in, could be like, oh, exciting, top 10 draft pick but not at the expense of losing in the season. So that's where we were on late Sunday night, early Monday morning when the news of Arthur Smith's dismissal comes down at midnight. And I I feel like I I can't say whether or not I'm surprised by Mm -hmm. it. Um, I think that if you're in win-now mode, you have to do what you have to do to get there. And that's essentially what Rich McKay and Arthur Blank said on their Monday afternoon press conference is that we believe that this team can win and win handily and win quickly because of the way that it's built and constructed. So we had to make a move that gets us to that point. And that's what this move was. Yeah. So let's go directly to Arthur Blank who said it was a number of factors that went into it and the fact that we ended up where we did after we had a schedule that was really in our favor. I think generally most people would say that we drafted well over three years. Generally, most people would say that our free agency, particularly particularly this last year, which is really the first year we had cap space, would also generate high grades. The gap between achieving and underachieving, which was much bigger than what I anticipated in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. The underachieving part, 
Taryn, let's go to the numbers here. In like in terms of scoring offense, Arthur Smith was uh, a hot name three years ago for what he did in Tennessee, and something that wasn't in that quote that I believe Arthur Blank said was that um, that the numbers and the effectiveness and offensive efficiency that that they saw in Tennessee didn't translate to Atlanta. What do the numbers tell us about that? So I pulled two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten numbers, and there was only one that finished in the top ten, and that was rush yards per game. They had 127 rushing yards per game, and that ranked them ninth in the league. But otherwise, if you look at yards per game, they had 334.3, which ranked them 17th. Per play was 5.2, which ranked them 15th. I already said rush yards per game. But per play, it was 4.14, which dropped them all the way to 17th. Passing yards per game, 207.3, 22nd ranking. Passing yards per play, 6.65, 15th. Then you go to overall points per game, 18.9, ranked them 26th. And that's that's the one that gets you, yeah. right? The disparity between total yards and total scoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the defense, meanwhile, same exact numbers, and there were one, two, three, four, five six in the top 10 yeah right and that's that's the thing is that this offense when you look at where they rank across the league this is an offense that when you were looking at this group going into 2023 it was described as fun explosive and exciting those were words that arthur smith used those are words that nfl analysts use and that is not what this group ended up being in 2023 you saw flashes of it 110 percent i think that colts game was one of the more fun games that this group put together and but it wasn't consistent and that's a huge part of this is that there were inconsistencies offensively from the quarterback position mainly I mean we can't talk about what got us here without talking about inconsistencies at the quarterback position that is a key piece of this that the Falcons have to figure out in 2024 regardless of who the head coach is but also on top of who the head coach is because that's going to play a major factor in I think who they go after is what coach can bring along a quarterback and get the right guy in here to get this team where it needs to be from an offensive production standpoint because Taryn's right just looking at the numbers right now the Falcons are in the bottom half of almost every single statistical category and I I thought it was interesting another thing that was touched that was touched on in the Monday press conference was Arthur Blank had said that the the Falcons record against losing what what he considered losing teams yeah was very low and they lost to I think six teams that had seven wins or less Mm -hmm. and uh five of those were above them in the draft order games that you expect to win two had like we're against teams with only one win so you look at this and you see an opportunity that ultimately wasn't realized and I think in listening to Rich and to Arthur Blank speak that they feel like this team is really, really close if they can answer the quarterback spot, if they can figure out um, that, that head coaching spot to take them to the next level. Okay, so that's part of the, of the, of the decision mm-hmm. why they got here, relying on Rich, relying on Arthur for guidance through that. Um, as we go through it, then you've got the aftermath. General Manager Terry Fontenot is still here, and despite the fact that he wasn't present at the press conference, Rich and Arthur again said time and time again, he still runs this personnel um, department. He's still going to be have a, that 50-50 share and that this personnel department is still together. I think the continuity of that is good and Arthur's compliments of Terry in terms of the pro scouting, the free agents that he was able to pick up and look, not That's every where draft. where these defensive numbers come from. Right. 
it's it's about adding baits. It's about adding onyamata. He's. I think I believe it was Arthur Blank who said we saw serious investment with serious returns from the people that we picked up in free agency. And I, and that's accurate. And and that's accurate. And look, every draft pick isn't going to be perfect, but I think that you can see a lot of talent from the top end guys like Drake London and Bajan Robinson to second day guys like Troy Anderson, a third third day guy like Tyler Algier that I think that there are pieces here where you can look at the depth and say this personnel department which the coaches have Mm -hmm. part of a decision picking and that's the 50-50 split but ultimately that's there and the continuity of having that personnel department intact with Terry leading it allows them to go into the senior bowl which is feels like tomorrow and and that they have that continuity that they can continue to roll forward I think that's a benefit yeah and I'll I'll say this too like a lot of things I know everybody talks about the free agency class but a lot of things that I think get lost in the conversation about this front office is the work that they did to just get under the cap in their first two years here they inherited a situation that let's be honest was not good and something that Rich McKay said on Monday, yeah, they didn't say it at the time, but it was a rebuild. Mm -hmm. So you're having to completely rebuild a roster. And I do think you have to give credit where credit is due for the fact that they did make the decisions that they needed to. They filled... They fielded competitive teams. I mean, that 7-10 and 10 record of those first two years felt like, you know what? Oh, you'll take that. If you, mm-hmm. if you were to say to me, like, look, the Falcons are going to struggle to even put a team together outside of this, you know, veteran minimum free agents that are on one-year deals and a lot of guys on rookie contracts for the first two years of Arthur and Terry's time here, I would be like, they got seven wins? Like, Okay. The issue yeah. was this year. The issue mm-hmm. was this year. That's that's the problem because now you don't have those salary cap constraints that you once had and you can't kind of hide behind it and be like, "Oh, well we didn't we couldn't do this because of the salary cap constraints." It's like, "Nope. Those are out those are you you did the work mm-hmm. to get yourself in the position to have a better to have better success and you you didn't." Yeah, and I think that it comes down to what this year represented. And there was depth to weather injury storms, and ultimately they didn't get the job done. Now, a comp- there were several compliments paid to Arthur Smith, and I think they were all worthy from Blank and from Rich. And one of them was that Arthur Smith never lost the locker room, and I feel like that's accurate. And Omna was in that post-game locker room, which is an uncomfortable place to be, right? And time and time again, right, you heard, you heard players kind of – be complimentary of the work that Arthur Smith did in terms of team chemistry. Yeah, that um Yeah, let's go ahead and crank that <laughs> mic yeah. around. There we, we go. Make sure there we, we can hear you. Um In terms of what the uh, players were saying in that post-game or the postseason locker clean-out mm-hmm. about Arthur Smith. Like what was the tenor there? What yeah. were things that they said on Monday? Yeah, that line from the press conference about him not losing the locker room you saw it take place in that locker room um I think for the most part like Jonu Smith Mm -hmm. he was with him in Tennessee he brought him here he said I was so thankful for him he didn't have to come and bring me from New England from a situation that was rough and bring me here and now he's had you know a pretty good season here um and he was so thankful for him and that was just across the locker room Clayus Campbell was another guy he he was taking accountability himself saying Arthur Smith and company brought me in to get us over the hump and I felt like I left them down so there was yeah it was somber in there Mm -hmm. and 
I don't know, Scott, maybe you could speak to it a little bit more, mm-hmm. who's covered, you know, several NFL teams. But, like, yeah, it was – it was a, you definitely felt that sadness in the locker room. Yeah, I've, uh, I've experienced some coaching – the end of a coaching tenure where it wasn't like that. It was, like, light off the bottle rockets, right? And that's not what this tenure was. And I think that that speaks to the level of respect that, that Arthur Smith carried uh, throughout that locker room. And, and I think that that's important. Now, speaking to these other things that we're talking about that – I think there's the general consensus is that this Falcons team feels close or closer to serious contention. There was definitely some excitement from next year. I know Grady Jarrett spoke to that too. Yeah, and it was nice to see Grady there because we hadn't seen him, you know, in, in several yeah. weeks and uh, a few months here. Um, but yeah, he was excited about the progress of his his rehab. Excited to just get back out there in offseason trainings and. Um, you know, he's been there where they were in contention for the things that the Falcons want to build. And he said, you know, we want to win around here. We want to be in the postseason. We want to win championships. And he's excited about that. So there's definitely, a, a you know, some excitement around that, too. There's still a lot of talent on this roster. And he felt that all season. They were never truly out of it. Um, now they have the offseason to try and put that together. Right. That it was close, but maybe not close enough. And ultimately, say ultimately a lot in writing and in podcasts I'm trying to not do that so I stop myself midway and I (laughs) New Year's resolution I will just say this though that they're close they need to get closer and Tori brought it up already the quarterback situation yeah let's talk about the quarterback (laughs) and I Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke are taking a lot of the blame for what happened there's a lot of turnovers and there was a lot of quarterback inconsistency in games that you felt like could have been won and I think that that's fair Mm -hmm. I still feel like we can't heap it all on two individuals for what's happening here but it seemed very clear saying without saying and maybe it's just a statement of the obvious at this point Falcons are going to address the quarterback position (gasps) and something that I know (laughs) my stars and that scared me (laughs) something that I think Arthur Blank said that makes this an attractive position is that the head coach, he's saying that this is an opportunity with the Falcons to pick their own partner or, if you will, pick their own spouse, someone who they can grow with, who they can select however we acquire them, wherever we acquire their rights through the draft or free agency or whatever it may be. Uh, and that's a big part of why that they have to make this pick right. And he said, again, I'd rather have and he's speaking as a head coach, the head coach would rather be able to pick his own quarterback than have the quarterback picked for him. So I think there's a real opportunity here, but that's something that needs to get addressed. How they, uh, how they address the head coach and the quarterback is going to define, I think, this offseason mm-hmm. and the 2024 regular season. And beyond. Yes. Because I, I think that was this whole conversation about quarterback inconsistencies, and the fact of the matter is, is the Falcons had – Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, all in here within the course of the last three years. And there was offensive inconsistencies throughout that entire time. There was never really a time where you saw this offense click consistently the way you needed it to click in order to win games in this league. So with that underlying thought, it's also – when you're talking about this whole idea of bringing in a, a new head coach, I think that the quarterback inconsistencies is also what led Rich McKay and Arthur Blank to the decision to let Arthur Smith go. Because if you're questioning your offensive play caller, you're questioning your head coach, and you're having to come face-to-face with a quarterback decision about what is the long-term health of the position in Atlanta, 
and you have questions about the guy who's going to be leading that guy who has the ball in his hands on every single play, it makes sense why that decision was made at this point in time because the Falcons do have to figure the quarterback position out. We've, we've gone through what we went through with Matt Ryan, sending having him here a year and then trading him to Indianapolis. You sign Marcus Mariota on a two-year deal. That doesn't work out. You feel as though, okay, we're going to ride with Desmond Ritter and give him a chance in 23. That doesn't work out. Taylor Heineke's a journeyman. You, you signed him here to be a backup, not to be the guy. That All of that has happened in the last three years. So where does this thing go from here? And the the quarterback question and who that guy ultimately is, I think you're exactly right, is the defining moment of where this organization is right now. And we've said this before, if you make the wrong decision with the quarterback position, it can set you back, especially if you're sending draft capital, if you are trying to figure out ways – to spread cap money around like the the quarterback position is so costly in so many different areas that if you make the wrong decision there you set yourself back years so the Falcons this is the most important decision that they can make and they felt as though they needed a different head coach in to make that decision and when you look at the and I'm probably going to forget one of the open head coaching vacancies but when you look at the opportunities that are available to prospective and highly sought-after coordinators and head coaches from other places. Uh, Washington's on the table. They need a quarterback. They have the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, Tennessee is out there, Carolina. The L.A. Chargers have Justin Herbert. How much of an impact do you think it is to have this open quarterback spot with the number eight overall pick and some free agent space for if if you're the head coach looking in, is that a factor to you? And do, do you think that plays, makes the Falcons more attractive? How do you look at it? Ooh, that's a tough one because there are so many options out there when it comes to either drafting or doing something like a trade at a free agency that it's just it's going to come down to what the coach wants too, I think, mm-hmm. a lot, like Tori was saying. But having a top 10 pick is going to help because there is a many options in this upcoming quarterback draft class where not all top eight are going to pick a quarterback, so you still can probably get like one of the top five names. But the question is, do you want someone you're going to have to develop immediately or do you want someone with experience and that you do it outside of the draft and pick someone that way? So it's like, where do you want to start in this timeline of the quarterback? Here's the thing, too, is like I think half the battle when it comes to quarterback decisions is what's the infrastructure that the quarterback will be building on top of. Right. And I do think, I mean, I know we keep saying this, and this was a 7-10 and 10 team, and they lost some pretty tough games this year. But when I look at the way this team is constructed, I do agree that even though expectations weren't met this year, I, I can't help but see the talent on this team. I have the weirdest analogy that just mm-hmm. came to mind. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. They're missing their Rudolph. <laughs> you mean like to pull the sleigh? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. It's so close it to the holidays. <laughs> you have all these capable reindeer, but they need their Rudolph to yeah. lead the way. Aw. I love it. I know it. I'm a little late on the holiday, but I mean Christmas year round. It but makes no, sense. It, that, but that's the thing is like I do think that there are. You look at the defensive production that we literally talked about. Like this defense is a good defense. And you look at the offensive weapons, and there are a plenty. And mm-hmm. the line is talented and they've invested heavily like we said rush yards per game ninth Mm -hmm. in the league and last year they were a top three in the league in in rush offense So, like there are options of plenty it's that Mm -hmm. one position the rudolph and i I think (laughs) 
You know we're just going to use it all the time now. <laughs> uh, I think a, a factor in this, too, is something that Rich uh, McKay said. The organization, quote, intends to win and compete at the highest levels in 2024. That's not the same as yeah. the last press conference where they weren't using the word rebuild but knew it was a rebuild. That's pretty direct. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. like, pressure's on yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and that's what I kind of wrote about uh, immediately after that press conference ended. It's like they're in win-now mode, which means that – I could still see them being willing to like sell the farm to get exactly who they want to get at the head coaching position and then do what they got to do to get the right quarterback in here. And um, I know people are probably listening to this and you're, you're like, oh, like these people work for the team. This is just team propaganda. But like, let's be let's be real about it. Like this team, in order to no longer be just this mediocre team as they have been in the last five or six years, they have to make a big move. There has to be a big swing. I don't know what that looks like, but if it comes at the head coaching position or the quarterback position, I feel like it should come at the quarterback position. But regardless, this team needs to do something now. And that's why there's so much urgency with this. That's why there's so that's why Arthur Smith is no longer the head coach is because they needed change and they need change now. Because twenty twenty four, it could get ugly if you put up another seven and ten season. When you mentioned that quote before about like twenty twenty four having to make an impact right away, mm -hmm. it made me think back to the beginning of the season and also your question at the start of this podcast of whether or not we were surprised. I remember since I was new here, it might have stuck with me more, but um, Arthur Blank was like, this is the third year and a three-year plan. Third mm -hmm. year and a three-year plan. So I was thinking all along, pressure's on. Mm -hmm. But now that they made the decision, third year wasn't enough, third time wasn't a charm, that, yes, pressure will be on more so, but I always thought pressure was on. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that now that we see the resolution, the, the quote at the start, mm -hmm. or before the regular season started, kind of echoes where they are. Yeah. And that's generally what Arthur Blank says, mm -hmm. you know, is kind of what he feels, and it I mean, he was right. It, ultimately, going back to the beginning here, the gap between achieving and underachieving was much bigger than what I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. Go back to that and the quote that you just mentioned, and I think that kind of sets us up to what comes next. There's going to be a lot of interviews and second interviews as they work through this coaching search, and where we go from here, it's going to be a fascinating development, as important as of an offseason as the Falcons have had in a long time. It's one of those things where got to get it right and you have to take a big swing, whether that means trading up in the draft, spending. And one thing Arthur Blank did say, small note, he said, we're putting all of our resources on the table, mm -hmm. which means that that they're ready to do those types of things. So let's see how it all plays out. And I'm sure the next time we talk to you on Falcons Final Whistle, presented by Zaxby's, we might have some answers to some of these questions and we can analyze it uh, henceforth. So thanks to everybody for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the Atlanta Falcons podcast network and for sticking around all season. Yeah. yeah. This is our, this wasn't an easy season. And I think that for, for us too, like we felt that as well because we, we do work for the team. So there has to, mm -hmm. there has to be a line that we have to ride. And, but I, I hope that we always had fair criticism and, that it was knowledgeable. Yeah, and and you could see that the numbers were consistent, that a lot of people stuck around through the season, and we appreciate we do. We do. each and every one of you for doing that. All of the comments, all of the engagement on YouTube and AtlantaFalcons.com. So for Amna, Taryn, Tori, I'm Scott. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you again really, really soon. See ya. <laughs>